accepted in the heart and believed it's a moment it's the hour where faith must be here amen father we bow before you today to express our love to you and our thankfulness for your goodness to us in our lives lord what a moment this is what a moment of in the times of refreshings in the presence of the lord Knowing, God, that you have promised I'll never leave you or forsake you. I'll be with you right even in you to the end of the world. We're looking to you, Lord, because you're God and you never change. Your word is true. And the rapture is here. Angels are present. Here we are in the midst of a company of of angels today. where the Spirit of God is here moving in lives and hearts of people. Lord, we're looking to you, to the miraculous today, to speak to us through the word, Lord. I pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit, that you'll anoint the words that we speak, that we can speak as an oracle of God, and that the Holy Spirit will just have its its way in our lives, the quickening power of Almighty God to be here. Father, we give ourselves to you now and surrender our lives as we look to you to minister to every heart. Those that are listening in, Lord, those that are part of our congregation, some up in Arkansas that are listening in, Brother and Sister Hollis down in, in central Louisiana, Brother and Sister Stanky, Lord, many others from around the, the country that are listening in, that are part of us today, an unseen host, I pray that you'll minister to them. God, you know the sickness is going across the country and trouble is everywhere. Brothers calling out and asking for prayer and saying, God, be merciful. Father, I I pray, God, that you'll just meet the needs of your people, that you'll bring healing and deliverance everywhere. As we speak, oh God, today, may we be able to minister life to your people the power of God into salvation, healing for those that are sick, salvation to those that are lost. May the prodigal come back and find his way home, Lord. You said my table will be full. And I know, Lord, you're sending out your last calls in this last day. But we ask it in Jesus' name that you'll bless us together. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Let's turn to the book of John chapter 12. We'll look at the 37th verse. It's so good to be here this morning. Amen. Be in the presence of the Lord together. 
enjoyed the, the blessings of the Lord and the presence this morning as we listened to the message and certainly uh, the, the message of songs that we have sung and certainly we have been so blessed. Amen. Already so blessed. Amen. Now as we read the word, we could complete the service and go home. Amen. Because it's already been a blessed time. John 12, verse 37. And though he had not had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him. That the saying of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, which he spake, Lord, who hath believed our report? And to whom hath the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore they would, could not believe, because Isaiah said again, He blinded, hath blinded their eyes and hardened their heart, that they should not see with their eyes, nor understand with their heart, and be converted, and I should heal them. These things said Isaiah when he saw his glory and spake of him. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. We're going to be speaking here from that 38th verse where he said, Lord, who hath believed our report? Who hath believed? And uh, as we look upon, upon this uh, today and, and ponder upon it for our f- first few moments, we see a people, a race of people that was being blinded as uh, they have, were rejecting their Messiah. And of course, you know, it was God, God of course, had, had done things in such a way uh, that people were turning from the grace of God that was being offered to them rather than accepting the grace of God that was being given. Amen. So, you know, it was a time where that darkness was now coming upon the last age of the Jewish people. And before the, it, the gospel would turn to the Gentiles. And of course, we parallel that time today as we are coming to the end of the, the Gentile dispensation. If you, if you would um, take the time to read Romans 9, 10, 11, you would see that God has not forgotten his people. And that, he, uh, that there is um, the times of the fulfillment of the Gentiles just as there was the time of the fulfillment of the Jewish people. And so the gospel is about to turn from the Gentiles and go to the Jews. And of course, we know that uh, he will bring to harvest the Gentile church and take her in a rapture, and the rest will be sent into the tribulation period. Now, there was a report that was to be given because this is where that Uh, Isaiah had prophesied um, in that wonderful uh, chapter of redemption where that the Messiah and his coming is uh, described um, in Isaiah 53 where there was to come a report, but the report was to those who believe. And it was um, then that those that believed in to them, the arm of the Lord would be revealed. And of course, those that did not believe that would become a part of the blinding that would happen in that age because they refused to believe on him that God sent. Now, 
I, I'm going to also read for our scripture reading this morning, and I have several things and different things we're going to look at. And in this sermon, maybe we can connect the dots between them to draw the picture that I want to bring this morning. And uh, so I'm going to read from an Old Testament prophecy. Now, this is not a story. It is not simply an event in the history of the Jewish people. This is a prophecy. If you always remember when you read your Bible, you're, you're looking and, at prophecy. Prophecy that is concerning this last age. Where all of the word of God points to this time in history. Now, our, our age is uh, typed out in the Bible. In fact, our age almost fulfills uh, per, per, practically every type because we're in the last age and we are the, the end product of what God had in his mind. And so whether we speak of Enoch or Noah or Abraham or uh, as it was in the days of Sodom, all of them are prophesying of this last day. So the whole Bible is a prophecy. Actually, the New Testament. There is a people in this day to fulfill the New Testament. So in many cases, in many parts of it, when you're even reading in the New Testament, you are also reading a prophecy of the last days. So the Bible is more than just a book of history. It is a book of prophecy, and it is God speaking and foretelling of the events here in this end time. Now, we cannot read even of women in the Bible, such as Sarah or Ruth or Rahab or Esther or, or men, for example, Abraham, Moses with the Exodus or, or Joshua and Caleb in the conquest of the promised land without seeing a direct relation to our day. So all the scripture actually points to the day and the hour that we are living in. As, as Jesus would say, search the scriptures. They are they that testify of me. So he could actually look back in the Old Testament and he said, these are speaking about me. Now, if it spoke of the groom, it also has to speak of the bride because she is him, right? So then again, that's what we should be doing is searching the scripture daily because it is speaking about us. So the word of God is exactly a prophecy that is prophesying of, of a people in this last day. And you are the product of that prophecy. Now, of course, we, we know that God took six days or 6,000 years to create a, a world and, and, and this is the, and the climax of his creation was an Eden, right? So Satan has also had now 6,000 years of perversion where it has climaxed now in the time of Satan's Eden. And Satan's Eden has been created by bringing all the times of perversion such as in the days of Noah, where the thoughts of man was on evil continually, or the days of Sodom, which is a picture of the ultimate perversion, 
where it is now, where, where it's now climaxed into a, a conglomerate of sin and, and evil. Of, in fact, all the evil and all the spirits, remember spirits don't die. So they're right here in this end time. And they're anointing people just as it was then. Amen. Another thing I want you to remember is that angels don't die. And so because angels don't die, they are also anointing people in this last day. Angels are here. Do you believe it? Amen. So again, we, we, have, we have again, you know, Satan and his forces. And we, have, we also have God and his mighty host are his forces. So, so we, we know that as looking at this, that in this part we're going to be reading, I want you to find it um, here in a moment. We're going to be reading from Genesis 18 and verse 1. You can find it in your Bible, but we've still got some things I want to preface as we're talking about this. Um, because um, we, we are repeating the scene of this prophecy because it was only wrote out in type there. God would actually use these individuals such as Abraham and Sarah and Lot and uh, even the Sodomites and all of them would be uh, prophesying about an end time and what would happen in the end time. And so, um, you know, here God appears to Abraham just before the burning of Sodom. And, and in this prophecy, as we said, lays every type of end time events in order to bring about the promised son. And we are a people that are looking for the coming of the promised son. Is that right? Even as Abraham had been all of those years looking for a promised son, even so we for all of these years since Calvary has been looking for the return of Jesus Christ, the promised son. Now, in this prophecy, it will tell of the church going down to Sodom. You heard me right. The church going to Sodom, it'll show a lot um, pitching his tent towards Sodom and going on down and becoming a part of Sodom. It'll show the wickedness of Sodom, the Sodom world, as it desecrates angels and that which is holy. Are you with me? Amen. You know, and, and let me just say, um, as we're here in this last day, we have all kinds of things that are happening, the rioting that are in the streets that are taking place, many of them is because, that, um, because of a liberal agenda today that are beaten at the door, as they did, the, the perverts did in the days of Lot, beaten at the doors of the righteous ones that are trying to hold forth something that is right and holy. And they're demanding their right, and they're demanding to abuse even the angels. Even the heavenly host. Now let me just say, you know, I, I just, um, not wanting to get political here, but just to bring out some current events that has taken place. We have just, we have just um, opened up our 117th Congress. Um, I think it was this past Sunday that they opened it up. They had a, a, a representative, Emmanuel Cleaver. He was, um, he's from Missouri. And, um, you know, he, he began 
this, this man is um, supposed to be an ordained United Methodist pastor, or he was a pastor for, from 1972 to 2009. He's now a, a um, uh, politician, and there in Congress, and he opens up the Congress of the United States of America. Now remember, Mr. Obama told us some years ago, America is not a Christian nation. Amen. And so, you know, we were founded on the basis of a Christian nation. But we are, we are quickly turning like the Bible said in Roman, uh, Revelation 13 from, from, um, uh, from like a lamb to a beast or to the dragon. Until where we actually exercise all the things that the dragon, the demon, the devil himself has, has, is moving right there in the midst of the government of the United States of America. And of, and of course, in his prayer, it seems that since they cannot remove prayer from, from the Congress, then they'll just make a mockery out of it. You know, it's like, as it was in the days of Sodom. They actually wanted to abuse the angels. Are you with me? And so he, he, would, he would start by, and he would actually pray in the name of a Hindu god, and then twisting the, the word amen into a commentary on gender. Let me just read some of this. He says, eternal God, noiselessly we bow before your throne of grace as we leave behind the politically and socially clamorous year of 2020, began Cleaver. And then through his, though his prayer was replete with explicitly Christian themes and, and terminology and, and references, he closed by appealing to the deities of many different faiths, implying that they were all the same, we ask in the name of the monotheistic God Brahma and God known by name, many names by many different faiths. And then he closes his prayer with a man and a woman. And of course, you know, it's, this, this shows a, a, very, um, a, a very degrading, it's actually blaspheming. Blaspheming the God of heaven. Amen. And this kind of blasphemy is going on right here in America now. And I want you to know this. God hears it. God hears it. It doesn't, it doesn't go unheard. God hears it. He knows exactly what, uh, what they are, the sodomites are doing. And they're perverting even the very prayers that were to be to almighty God. And it's supposed to be a Christian nation and turn it into, a, um, into the worship of, of idols of all kinds. And, and every kind of filthiness that you can imagine because it's an hour of perversion. I'm trying to state to you where we're at in time. Amen. But I want you to know that in that time, there is the Lord appearing to Abraham and his group. Somebody's going to hear from God in this age. Somebody's going to meet with the angels. Amen. God hears and God is, is prophesying. And I want to just place you in this prophecy this morning. Genesis 18 verse 1. And the Lord appeared. This is no Brahma. This is no Buddha. 
This is no some, some fictitious God somewhere or all-inclusive God. This is the one and only Jehovah. The Lord appeared unto him, Abraham, in the plains of Mamre. And he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day. And he lifted up his eyes and looked, and lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself to the ground and said, My Lord, if now I have found favor in thy sight, pass not away, I pray thee, from thy servant. Let a little water, I pray you, be fetched, and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. And I will fetch a morsel of bread and comfort ye your hearts. And after that you shall pass on. For therefore you are come to your servant. And they said, so do as thou hast said. What a wonderful thing. Abraham inviting the Lord to the feast. Amen. Just as we heard the other day, Esther inviting the king. Come to my feast. This should be the invitation we are given today as we fulfill this prophecy, as we, as we see the Lord's presence, amen, that he's here among his people. We can tell that he's here by the things that he is doing. Are you with me? Amen. And we should invite him to a feast. Amen. And, and, and Abraham hastened unto the tent, unto Sarah, and said, Make ready thee quickly three measures of fine meal and knead it and make cakes upon the hearth. And Abraham ran to the herd and fetched a calf tender and young and gave it to a young man. And he hastened to dress it. And he took butter and milk and the calf which he had dressed and set before them. And he stood by them under the tree and they did eat. And they said unto him, Where is Sarah thy wife? And he said, Behold, in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And Sarah, thy wife, shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door, which was behind him. Now Sarah was old, and Abraham were old and well-stricken in age. We would say they're about 2,000 years old. They've been looking for the promise that long. We've been looking for Jesus to come back. Amen. And it had ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. It seemed like the move of God had just kind of died out. But I want you to hear this. I want you to go back a verse or two here. And I want you to see, I will certainly return. Unto thee according to the time of life. I want you to see the angel promises a return. As we, as we sit in this building this morning, I want you to contemplate on those words. Think deeply upon them. I will return according to the time. Now God's got a time. He's got a specific time. I want you to know we are living in the seventh seal. Amen. Where events are taking place very rapidly. 
And they're going and they're exploding like, as Brother Branham would say, like a, a Roman candle. This will happen. And out of that comes so many stars. And this, was, this one will explode. And out of that so many stars. And out of this happen and another happens. As it breaks the silence on his coming. And I want you to know that this had been many, many years now. That they had been looking for a promised son. And I want you to know that Sarah had even given up on bringing it. She had got to the point that she was almost faithless. She no longer believed the report was for her. But something had to be done to get Sarah on board. To where that Sarah was believing again. And here the angel of the Lord comes as the Lord himself. And and here Elohim steps among them. Jehovah God, Elohim. And he says, he comes here and he takes on flesh. Now wait a minute. This is exactly how he's going to be manifested in this last day is through flesh. And God God wants to manifest himself through your flesh. Does everybody hear me? God wants to manifest himself in your flesh. And that's what you ought to be doing today is yielding your flesh to God. And say, Lord, you're going to be appearing in this last day. But you're not going to be taken out of the 16 elements and, and drawing out of the dust and pulling it out and, and poofing and, and, and taking and stepping into a body like you did there. When he, when he appears as three men, come on. But I'm going to be using your body and your body and your body and your body and your body because now you've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. And because of that blood, he can use your body. And God is appearing among us. Amen. I will return to you according to the time of life. And Sarah is going to bring forth that son. We're going to see Jesus come back. Therefore, verse 12, Sarah laughed within herself. After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? It looks incredulous. Even Sarah's having difficulty believing it. Now remember, this is what he said. Somebody's, I've got to find somebody that believes. When the Son of Man cometh, will he find faith on the earth? Not will he find church members. Yeah, there's going to be churches with many members. But God wants to find somebody with faith. Because that's the only way he can operate is when he can get people believing. And I'll tell you what, if you'll believe this morning, you're going to see God appear among us. But if you don't believe, I'll tell you what, you'll you'll go right out of here as blind as the Jews were. Because your hearts are hardened and your ears are closed and you refuse to see. And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh? Now, this shows the discernment. Sarah's in the tent behind him. And they're behind, and there he's talking to Abraham. Sarah's 
got her tent behind him, in the tent behind him, and God is discerning her hearts. He's showing the sign of the Messiah, what the presence of the Lord would, would be like, the work that he would do when he would make his main appearing. I want you to understand. I want you to understand this. This is exactly where I stood as a young boy in Brother Brown's meetings. And he said, you want to know it's as it was the days of Sodom? You back here, your name is so-and-so. You come from so-and-so. And then he would point them out. And he would tell them what their trouble was. What their situation was. Listen, God knows your address. God knows exactly who you are. Amen. Now, and, and so we, we've seen this sign demonstrated that would show and identify that he is here. Now, so he said, wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, I sure, I'm sure she shall bear a child and with him old. And, and um, it is, it, he, he says these wonderful words right here. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Now, here he is. I, I want you to get this. It's a double emphasis because he is repeating again, I will return. Now, of course, verse 15, Sarah denied saying, I laugh not. For she was afraid, but he said, nay, but thou didst laugh. And remember, it was the grace of God that held Sarah because she lied right there in the presence of God. Amen. But God couldn't slay her because she's part of the promise. That ought to give a lot of you a lot of hope. Because there's many times that you have wavered Amen. I don't mean to point a finger at you, but we have wavered. We have staggered at the promise. We have questioned the promise. We have doubted the promise. Are you with me? We may even have laughed at the promise. But God's grace still holds over it all. And he, and he says, Sarah's going to have this son. Yeah, you laughed. Yeah, you mocked. Yeah, you were afraid. Yeah, 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 you disbelieved. But I'm going to do it anyhow. I'm going to do it in spite of your unbelief. In fact, as a matter, I'm going to turn your unbelief to faith because I'm going to turn your heart back to the faith of the fathers. Hallelujah. I'm going to have somebody that will believe. Who hath believed? Amen. Now then turn with me to John 5 and verse 2. Right. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool. Which in the Hebrew tongue is called Bethesda. Having five porches. And these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, a blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down 
Somebody help me read this. At a certain season. Into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then went first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. Notice now this, I will return. There is a return promise of the angel. Here the angel was expected to come at a certain season and trouble the water. Amen. Amen. Now, this would be uh, uh, fulfilled in a way they never thought of. Remember, there would be, the water would be troubled, though there was all this uh, lame and halt and blind, all these waiting, hoping to be the one. The first one that would get in the water, they would draw the virtue from the, from the angel as he troubled the water. Amen. Right? Amen. And Jesus comes in, and he is now the angel of the covenant. And he walks right into where this pool is, and he finds that one. And in this case, he doesn't heal the multitude. He only heals the one because he's fulfilling this scripture. And he is the angel of the covenant. He walks in there, and only one received of his virtues, 38 years laying on the pallet there, and gets up and walks. Because Jesus now is fulfilling something. He is coming at a certain season. Now, notice the angel at Bethesda and the angel to Abraham. Come, they all come in their season. According to the appointed time. Now, let me switch back here just a moment. Let's talk about some of our day that we're living in. I don't have a, a lot of time to give on this. But did you notice here the other day, um, in, and, and actually I have taken a, a, a fast from the news and a fast from any kind of social media or fast from anything like that myself. And I have since the first of the years. But I, I just got this news flash that came across that Twitter has permanently suspended the account of the president of the United States. Also him and Michael Flynn and Sidney Powell. And, and I understand that Facebook has done the same. And many, many are now leaving Facebook for something called Parler. Um, that, but that's being now removed from Google Play and Apple threatens to ban it also and, and uh, whatever because they want to silence every voice that does not fit with a liberal agenda. Now, and then of course there's WhatsApp that is owned by Facebook and so some are leaving that to, to use Telegram or Signal and Big Tech is owned by the liberals, and they're doing everything they can to silence the voices of anyone who disagrees with the liberal agenda, their liberal thoughts. Now, and, uh, you know, and of course, 
you know, they, the liberals love this, that this is happening with big tech. And not only that, but as you noticed, um, even the, the, the news agency of CNN, Fox, all of them have, have been silencing the voice of, of the conservatives, of anybody that's got any kind of, of, of holiness. They're doing what they can to squelch the voice, to silence the voice. And of course, as I said, um, they love this and, and they want to, everything censured except what promotes the homosexual movement. The Black Lives Matter movement is not about liberating black people and giving them equality. It's not about that at all. It's the pushing of a social agenda. And that agenda there is to promote gay and homosexual lifestyles. It is also to promote, um, you know, uh, to be against uh, a Christian home where that there is a one father, one wife situation like the Bible says that we are to live. And so they're, they're against that. They're doing everything to stop the voices of conservative to keep them from uniting together. The Bible said in Revelation 17, 13, these have one mind and they shall give their power and strength unto the beast. And of course, we are seeing this. They all have one mind. There's one agenda. And that is to destroy America as a Christian nation and with conservative and Bible values. Now, the voice from Hollywood is constantly putting before the population gay men or gay women kissing and are, are adopting or having babies, which they can't have, you know, but they somehow through a adoption or, you know, it's a, they're putting it there for you to accept. And the mixing of races, of the immorality of every kind and any kind and every kind of sin. And we're only going to see this worsen under the Biden and, and Kamala as we, as we watch many of our freedoms fade away. And the mind of the beast forced upon the world and they will do it by blacking out truth. Now then, the reason I'm bringing that out, I'm asking you, can you even hear a true report today? You know what can you believe? Where in the news can you get news? You don't get news anymore. You get a liberal agenda and a liberal opinions. But where do you get news? Don't you see with the, with the um, cancel culture and the boycotting of truth that we're seeing the forcing together of mankind to, to, to force them into the marking of the beast. Let me tell you, friends, we are in a vision. And we are in the fulfillment of prophecy. The last time I spoke, I talked about Brother Eddie, Eddie um, uh, Biscoll there with his green checkered shirt. And there, you know, he had to have this certain shirt. He had to be there in the vision and, and for, for, for the vision to be fulfilled. And I want you to know we are in a vision. You might as well put on your shirt. Amen. You might as well step into what God has foreseen of you. You better put on the righteousness of Abraham, the righteousness of Enoch, 
the righteousness of the saints that are going by and, and are bygone and see that righteousness, you're dressed in it. Because I'm going to tell you, there's to be an Abraham in this day. There's to be a Sarah in this day. There's to be a fulfillment of Scripture. Somebody's going to be an Enoch. Somebody's going to be an Elijah. I'm talking about a rapture. I'm talking about an Elisha. A double portion. I'm talking about a book of Acts church. Amen. And we, we must step into the vision because we are the people of the vision. We're the people of the book, so we're the people of the vision. We shall see miracles. We shall see giants fall. Amen. And we, we will be a people who believe because somebody's got to believe the report. And somebody's got to be able to hear the report. And the report must not be silenced. Now, Paul would tell us, faith comes by hearing. So we talk about faith. It comes by hearing the word. Hearing the message. You must hear the report to believe the report. If you look with me to Romans 10 and 12, he said, For there is no difference between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is over all is rich and to all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? Amen. Amen. How are you going to call upon him unless you believe him? And how shall they believe in him if they have not heard him? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Amen. Did you hear that, Jeffersonville? How are you going to hear that without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? It ain't going to take some, you know, some student of, of um, some, somebody that's just got a, an ability to talk. It's a calling and election of God. They got to be sent. And to be sent, they are anointed. And it's going to take anointed preaching. Amen. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings and uh, uh, glad tidings of good things. But they have not obeyed. They have not all obeyed the gospel. We're coming down to where this is not Jews we're talking about now. We're talking about Gentiles. They have not obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, who hath believed our report. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing the report. The report must be believed in order for the arm of the Lord to be revealed. But how can you act upon something you have not heard? Now, now listen, church, that's why these things have got to be preached. We must preach in the the resurrection of Christ that he's living and alive and present among us to heal, to deliver, to save. Amen. So so again, it must be preached. How can you act on something you haven't heard? That's why we're pounding these things time upon time upon time again because it's time for people to return back to faith again. 
Amen. But how can you, how can you act on something you haven't heard? You've got to hear it. But once you hear it, you've got to act upon it. Satan is doing everything he can to silence the voice. And yet God is making certain that his voice will be heard. Hallelujah. Let me just stop here a minute. You know, the other day I heard from Brother Jonathan Legra. He, is, he was sharing with us um, how that Google Translate has made such advancements that they're able to take maybe 15 to 30 of the sermons uh, and, and, and the messages and, and feed them into um, the Google uh, Translate program. Do they do this in English? It gets a feel of how that the speaker is using the language. And then it can be translated from there into any language that there is under heaven. And the brothers who are, are very excited about this, a brother Paul is from, he translates into uh, Portuguese. And he is very excited about this because now the translation work is really done. All it needs is proofed. And, and it's very accurate. Only needs to be proofread. Now this is Bible. You see, knowledge shall increase. Thus travel shall increase as man roam to and fro. And never has before has things sped up. And where a sermon like today is heard in foreign lands in real time. God bless you, my friends down in South Africa, Brother Kalen and your group and, 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 and other, other ones out there, Brother Wilson, Brother Edith Wilson and, and your family and different ones that are listening in. And other ministers even have, have shared with me from over there. We're, we're listening to the services, Brother Tim. We're blessed by them. Many of them are hearing it in real time. I've heard from Shalom's mother down in India. We're way up in the wee hours of the morning. She's catching the service, Sister Priscilla. And there as she listens in the service, she's healed and delivered. You think about this. Things that are happening around the world in a very quick time. As God is getting his people to come to attention, to hear the report. And people are believing and seeing things happen. Deliverances are taking place. Hallelujah. Amen. Freedoms from sin and unbelief and the yokes of, of ideas of man being broken off their lives. The message is going out. You know why? Because God is determined. God is determined that this message is going to get out. Right now, I'm right in the process of about to receive 10,000 units of a little device that will go in your ear. And I can't say much about it because we don't want the devil to get in and try to stop it. But it'll go in your ear and you, you can put it, you can take the voice of the prophet of God and play it in any language, even those that click and clack. 
And so on the one hand, they're working every way they can to stop the voice. And in the middle of this, God is using the very things to keep and keep the voice going. Because the message must be heard. You can't stop it. And then somebody's going to hear. Because there's nothing too hard for the Lord. He's going to get that bride's attention. Sarah's going to come to awake to the realization that he's here. That the angels of God are present. Listen, God has, by all men through the scriptures, through all ages, has ordained the angels that he would guide the people. There was Moses, his angel. There was Daniel, his angel. I mean, knows Daniel was a messenger. But how many knows with, with Daniel was another angel? Daniel was an angel, an earthly angel, a messenger. But with him was another angel. Amen. Moses was a messenger. He was God's messenger to a people, to a time. But with him was another angel. Abraham, he was God's messenger. But at the same time, there was another angel. There's an angel, earthly angel, and there is a heavenly angel. So working in the realm of, of, of the natural or men, but working from the supernatural through men, it comes to bring it right into the dimension that we're in. And I want you to know, with this message, it was not just a messenger, but there was a, an angel, come on, a messenger, but there was another angel. A heavenly angel. A mighty angel. The angel of the covenant. Do you believe this report? I'm reporting to you today about an angel that accompanies this message that has not forgot us. Sarah, you're not forgotten. Barren church, you're not forgotten. Barren women, you're not forgotten. There's another angel. And that angel is making an appearing. Because it's according to the time. It's the season. And we're in the season for the appearing of the angel. It's the time of the angel's return. but only to those that believe the report. Because that's the only one the arm of the Lord will be revealed to. As much as the faith, your faith can be released, that's how much of the manifestation of that angel you'll see. He's here to save. He's a redeeming angel. He's here to deliver, to rebuke sicknesses, to rebuke sin. 
and to bring his voice of what he wants done with this word. This message descended out of the dimensions beyond as an angel would step out of a light. Shall I say the light? And this is what sets us apart from all the others is, is that this is not heralded from a denominational headquarters. This, is not, this does not come from the halls of learned men. This message is a message from the supernatural. From dimensions unknown to the secular world or to the religious world. That they have, they have never known. Listen, had they known it, he said in Jesus' day, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But they didn't know it. They were blinded to it. And if you're not careful, the unbelief of this age will blind you to the presence of the angel. Listen, when God, when God sends something great to the earth, he always announces it by angels. I could actually go down to the scripture and, and bring it right down from, from the very beginnings, the very beginnings all the way down to the ends where the message was accompanied by angels. Announced by angels. The birth of Jesus, the birth of John was announced by an angel. John the Baptist, as we said, announced by an angel. Well, well then if, if John the Baptist, the forerunner of the first coming, would be announced by an angel, why wouldn't we expect that the messenger of the second coming of the Lord be announced by an angel? Brother Branham talks about this and believest thou this. He says, when anything's going to happen on earth first, God sends a messenger. And that messenger is anointed by an angel. And sometimes minor angels come. There's minor angels, there's major angels. And this angel that came to Zechariah was Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God. And that was something major. And he came down, and then when, you know, when Gabriel comes from heaven, remember something's going to happen. Gabriel announced the first coming of Jesus. Gabriel will announce the second coming of Jesus. The trump of God shall sound first an angel. And then he came and he announced to John, or announced that John would be born. And Zechariah, I want you to get this. Zechariah was a priest, a righteous man. <laughs> A good man, a righteous man, a holy man, a scriptural man, an astute man. Somebody with me? Yet without the appropriated faith. Uh, you say, well, Brother Tim, I do this and I do that and I go to church so many times and I pay my tithes and I'll tell you, we, we don't do this and we don't do that. And this, this was Zechariah. He was an astute man, a righteous man, a great man, a holy man without the appropriated faith.
Many people come, even, in, even up for prayer, where they, they, think, they think God's going to heal them on the merit of how long they've been a Christian. I've been a Christian for 30 years. But what about your faith now? God don't heal you on the basis or the merits of your salvation. Amen. He heals you on the merits of your faith. That's why that many, many a prostitute would come and, or sinner would come and get healing. Amen. Amen. Just first come to Christ and get healed. And people have been serving God 30, 40 years. It would bypass them. Because God doesn't heal on the merits of salvation, but on the merits of your faith. Even deliverance by the rapture, and I'm going to shock you. Even the deliverance by the rapture will not be on the merits of your salvation. There will be many saved people miss the rapture and go through the tribulation. You're going to need faith for a rapture. Are you with me? Now, so, so again, you say, well, praise God, Brother Tim. I, 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 I've, been, I've been a Christian a long time, and I've been serving the Lord. But where's the faith? And that's the thing that we got to realize, that, that in order to go into rapture, it takes a rapture in faith to go into rapture. And God's not giving it to you on the merits of how long you've been since it's been since you've been baptized or you did this or you joined church or you helped out with the building program or you did this. God's not giving it on that merit. He's looking for somebody to believe. In fact, the matter is, there's going to be people saved the day of the rapture. Or at least within 30 days of it. They're going to be saved and go into rapture. And it ain't going to be based on how long they serve God. They're going to be paid the same wages as the others who went through the heat of the day. The New Testament begins with angelic visitations. It concludes. Now, wait a minute. It concludes with angelic visitations. I ain't talking about the end chapter of Revelation, although there is an angel testifying. I'm talking about the New Testament concludes, not 2,000 years ago, it concludes right now. We are in the concluding of the New Covenant. Just as the Jewish people were in the concluding of the old covenant, we are now in the concluding of the new covenant. And the, and the Holy Ghost dispensation came in and, and continued on and will continue on by the administration of angels to the church. And so it began with angels and it's going to end with angels. Administration of angels. These are ordained spirits of God sent to carry things out. Every man was a special calling back through all the ages. Angels is visit. Now, we're not talking about a worship of angel like Brigham Young and, and the Mormons, but an angel will testify of the truth. 
Not an addition to the Bible. Amen. But the, 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 the original word of God revealed. Not through the eyes and the lenses of Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, Catholic. But through the very lens of God's own word. What God is his own interpreter. But an angel will testify the truth of God. It'll declare God. Won't have some mythical something and that no one understands. It'll speak of Jesus Christ. It'll testify Jesus Christ. And it will produce Jesus Christ to the people. Of the angels, he said in Hebrews 1.14, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to, for them that, who shall be heirs of salvation. Let that sink deep. Let you just catch a hold. Angels are ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation. Those who are heirs of salvation are going to hear from ministering spirits. Angels. Some angels are heavenly angels, earthly. Others are earthly angels. Amen. But if you're an heir of salvation, you're going to hear and receive from the message of angels. Every person that was ever saved was saved by a message from an angel. That's right. Amen. And again, many times it was an earthly messenger, but nevertheless, it was an angel. Now, we, we have the Holy Ghost, we think sometimes, and well, we don't need angels no more. Well, you know, that, that was just for the Old Testament. After the Holy Ghost come, angels are not needed, but that's not true. What sets this message apart, I want to drill this into you, is that it is administered by angels. Amen. And it is accompanied by the pillar of fire. Amen. Hallelujah. That's exactly right. Ministered by angels, men who are ordained of God, who are sin of God. But more than that, but heavenly anointings. Amen. Accompanied by a pillar of fire. Listen, let me just go back in time for a minute. It's been, what, 75 years ago this year. On May the 7th, 1946, the angel of God appeared in person to a man of God. He had been seeing visions. He had been hearing the angel's voice since he was a child. He had seen him in a whirlwind in a tree when he was seven, eight years old that said, never smoke or drink or defile your body with women in any way, for I have a work for you to do when you're older. It appeared on the Ohio River before hundreds of people. You know, people get aggravated with Brother Branham or disappointed in him or whatever because he's human and he uses terms in general. So sometimes he might have said there was 10,000 people there. And then other times he might have said there was 5,000 people. All it means is a big group. 
Nobody counted them. That's all it means. It was a large group. There was people there. Many people there to witness it. Whether that was 300, 500, 10,000, 50,000. It doesn't matter. Amen. But, but nevertheless, there was, a, there was there before hundreds of people. Now listen. When God starts doing something, you've got to reverence it. He was there going to have a baptism, and, and as they walked down to the bank, there was people out there in their boats and leisurely swimming and going on and whatever. And, and um, you know, there, there was uh, many of them seeing a baptism was coming. They, they, went, they, they went there, and they got to the banks and discreetly went away, covered up their nakedness. One girl was defiant. She said, I'll not do that. You can't make me. This is public. I can stay here if I want to. And she's dressed so immodestly there, disrespecting. When the angel of God came down from that time on, she went crazy and went into an insane asylum. You don't get by with disrespecting. I want you to remember that when even when you come to the house of God, respect the house of God. There was this woman, like I said, she went into the insane asylum because of it. Because that day as he was baptizing the 17th person, there was a star came down like a ball of light, came down and shone upon him and a voice spoke out. And said, as John the Baptist was sent to forerun the first coming of Christ, you're sent with a message to forerun the second coming. I want you to always remember the message that came by the angel. Amen. Because we are a part of that. We are a part of the second coming of Christ. Because he comes in bride form before he comes in groom form. Are you with me, church? Amen. And actually that angel was held in your coming. It was speaking about your coming. And the meeting in the air. That means, if that's true, just take for a minute. He was the messenger of the second coming. said, if your message will forerun the second coming, then he's the messenger of the second coming. Bringing a message to turn the hearts of the children back to the faith of the fathers. Amen. Now, you know, the clergymen in that day, they were blind. They, they were steeped in traditions and ideas of man and days of miracles were past. And God doesn't do that anymore. And being told that these visions and voices were of the devil because God no longer did those things. It, it was the age, the age of it was past. Brother Branham went into a cave, into an old cabin. He says, or it was back, back behind an old cabin. Many times he, he, not to reveal the exact location to keep his, keep where the exact location secret, he just referred to the cabin that was in, that was there in the proximity. And he went there to ask God to take away these visions 
and where he'd never hear those voices again. And he was praying in the middle of the night, and as he was praying and he was thinking on these things, he began to, his thought began to change. And you know, maybe they're not right. Maybe it is the Lord after all. And scriptures begin to come to him that begin to unfold to him of how that God moved in ages past. And, and there somewhere about midnight, a, a light came into the room. And then it materialized the rest of the body. And there stood a, a six foot tall, about 200 pound a man with olive complexion, dark eyes, a smooth face, no beard, hair down his shoulders that said, fear not. I'm sent from the presence of Almighty God. I want you to get it down under the fifth rib one more time. This report we received, amen, could not be blocked by Washington. It couldn't be blocked by denominations. It couldn't be blocked Come on. It couldn't be shut down by Google. This message came from glory. I am sent from the presence of God. Fear not. Don't be afraid of the message. Stop believing the message. I'm doing something in this generation. I'm bringing and I'm planting a generation of people into a supernatural message. I'm immersing them in a supernatural message from a supernatural angel who will declare to you Jesus Christ as he was in the Bible, not in the creeds of man. I'm sent from the presence of God. When he did, he recognized it as that same voice he had heard since he was a child. Uh, He said, it doesn't feel like the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit makes me happy. But when that comes around, it's a very sacred August feeling like. And it's different, but it's sent from God. He said, I can tell the difference between the Holy Spirit and that angel just by the feeling." And the Holy Spirit feels, makes me feel happy. That's why when you get around here and shouting, you're feeling something. It's a presence that you are responding to. And it's the Holy Spirit. And it makes you feel happy. Well, I tell you, the Holy Spirit has been vacant for most churches for many, many years. There ain't nobody ever felt happy except when they said dismissed. Someone said to Brother Branham, said, Brother Branham, you're mistaken about that man that talks to you. Said, oh, that was the Lord. He said, no, it was an angel. He said, I'm sent from the presence of God. He wasn't the Lord. He was the angel. He was a man. Yet he was supernatural. A supernatural being that walked out of a light that entered into the room. This light was like a whirling fire, like the pillar of fire that was seen in the burning bush. 
yet didn't consume the bush. But it was moving and milling around and looked like it was burning. It's a say, are you with me? Amen. It milled around, churning with hanging first in the air, pulsating with an energy growing bigger and brighter and brighter. It would spread out into the room, out onto the floor, growing larger and larger. And as it did, he heard footsteps. Clump, clump, clump. And squinting there at the light, he could see bare feet and a white robe. And then out of that light walked a man. I'm telling you the report. Somebody's got to believe it. Six foot tall. About 200 pounds. Massive arms which are folded in front of him. His dark hair fell around about his shoulders. He appeared to be about the age of 30. His beardless face bore a dark olive complexion. His eyes were dark and piercing. The amber light hung right above his head, still whirling and pulsating with energy all the time that the angel was there. He looks at Brother Branham with a kind expression. It was a face that he would never forget, although he could never quite find the words to fully describe it. It was so gentle and peaceful and yet with a sense of power and authority. And he said, now here's the message of the angel. I am sent from the presence of Almighty God to tell you that your peculiar birth and misunderstood ways in life has been to indicate that you are to take a gift of divine healing to the people of the world. And if you will be sincere when you pray and get the people to believe you, now remember, the report must be believed. Amen. Nothing shall stand before your prayer, not even cancer. Amen. The angel would designate cancer. Not even cancer. You will go into many parts of the earth. You will pray for kings and rulers and potentates. You will preach to multitudes all the world over and thousands will come to you for counsel. And you must tell them that their thoughts speak louder in heaven than their words do on earth. That's why you want to keep taking your thoughts captive. You had bad thoughts today. You had them this morning. You may have had them since you've been sitting in church. But let me tell you, take them captive. Your mind's a battleground. Don't beat yourself up because the devil comes with thoughts. Cast them down, recognize where they're from, and say, that ain't me. Amen. I, it doesn't, that is not mine. That is my, not my thoughts. That's his thoughts. Devil comes in and tries to condemn you because with thoughts, you just say, devil, them ain't my thoughts. Them are your thoughts. Take them back. Go to hell with them. Now, Brother Branham knew he was a poor man. 
And he could never do this job. He, and, and he protested, sir, I'm a poor man. I dwell among a poor people. How could I go around the world? How could I make myself understood? All I've got is a grammar school education. Maybe it should be somebody with, a, with enough education to speak to the people. They wouldn't listen to me. Now listen, church. That's the problem. They won't listen because of the messenger. One of the hardest things for God to do is to get, get one mortal to believe another. And, and you know, there again, you know, we, we want it... Listen, what did they want in Jesus' day? They wanted him to come out of heaven with a full angel salute and a big entourage. And, you know, he would come and be born in a king's palace and everybody would receive him like that. But this king was born in a manure pile, in a, in a stable, placed in a manger of hay. He didn't come any way they thought. He came lowly. And that's the way that people are looking for, you know. Well, what have you got? You know, where, where is your degrees? Where, where did you learn to preach? You don't learn to preach. This can't be talked to you. It's an anointing. The Bible said in Mark 12, 37 of Jesus, and the common people heard him gladly. Oh, maybe, maybe in the schools of learning, they mock it and they make fun and they, his, his totes, his hips, his carries, his, his whatever, however he speaks and I noted and I this and I that. And, they, and they, 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 they look at him as illiterate. Maybe he was. But he wasn't illiterate when it came to the angel. He excelled above all men. He superseded science. He superseded the greatest teachers of the world when it come to the angel. And this was Jesus, same way with Jesus. Where did he get this learning? Look at Mark 12 or 13, Matthew 13, 54. And when he's come to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue, insomuch they were astonished and said, where hath this man this wisdom and these mighty works? Where did these things come from? They couldn't believe it because they didn't produce it. It didn't come from our denomination. We, you know, as Pharisees, we didn't ordain this man. Where did he get this wisdom? Where did he get this knowledge? Is not this the carpenter's Son is not his mother called Mary and his brother James and Joseph and Simon and Judas and they're just all common folks. There's nobody, there's nobody in the elite. There's no kings. There's no potentates. There's no scribes. There's no Pharisees. There's nothing in their whole lineage. They're just a bunch of common people and his sisters. Are they not all with us? Whence then hath these men all these things? And they were offended in him. That word offended means this was a stumbling block for them. That's right. 
Because people will take and judge a man's worth over how many degrees he has behind his name. And those will mean nothing in heaven. Your worth is not known by how well you aced an ACT test. How knowledgeable you were in men's things. That worth is put up on you by stupid people. Amen. Those that are truly have a mind, they have the mind of Christ. And your worth is valued on your, on your relationship with Jesus Christ. And I'll tell you, without that relationship, you are worthless, a sinner, and you're bound for hell. And you may think you are, oh, you are in the, well, yeah. What are these societies, Brother Joe's? What are they, these, these, great, um, uh, these great societies that they have with, you know, everybody belongs to them. Not everybody. The elite, the proud, the few. And they belong to, they belong to this educational deal. And I have this, I don't even know the names of them. And I'm looking to common people. And many of you didn't agree with all those high words of men. Even if you graduate, it was just thank the Lordy. <laughs> they were this became their stumbling block. This becomes a stumbling block of the messenger of, of his second coming in this day and hour. Oh, he didn't come from Bob Jones. Oh, he didn't graduate from here. He didn't come from there. And we didn't send him. Who sent this man? An angel did. Amen. An angel sent him. What greater vindication you need than an angel? This man would be different from others because he would not be the voice of a denomination. He would be the voice of an angel. Now, an angel could have come down. He could come this morning, push me back, stand right here and preach to you. He's fully capable, but that ain't the way God does. God ordains men to preach the gospel. He calls men to preach it. And he anoints them by an angel. He would be different from others. The message we have is different from others. He would be the voice of an angel, of the angel. The angel of the covenant. The testament. Now, here's the paradox. Not in everything. Because he was still human. He was still a man. He would still have human thoughts. 
He would understand, misunderstand many things as a man. But the angel wanted to speak. He would use his vocal cords. It's a message administered by an angel. And as he talked to this angel, made his objections. I'm not educated. I, I, maybe somebody else could do this. I'm poor. And he made all of these, uh, the, these objections. The angel's face grew stern at his objections and said, and just kind of interrupted him and said, as the prophet Moses was given two signs to prove he was sent from God, so will you be given two signs. First, you'll take a person's right hand and your left hand. You'll be able to detect the presence of any germ that has caused a germ-caused disease by vibrations that appear in your left hand, and then you must pray for that person. If your hand returns normal, you can pronounce the person healed. If it doesn't, you just ask the blessing and walk away. Under the anointing from God, don't try to think your thoughts. It'll be giving you what to say. And he, he said, but what if they still won't believe me? He said, well, then the second sign I'm going to give you will be greater than the first. If you stay humble and sincere, it will come to pass that you'll be able to tell by vision the very secrets of the hearts. And this will initiate, I want you to watch these words. This will initiate the gospel in power that will bring on the second coming of Christ. This will start the ball rolling. This will initiate the gospel coming in power to bring on the second coming. He says in God and his people, he said, this angel of God sent from Jesus Christ to testify the church that the last days are here. I want you to remember you by the angel's witness, you are in the last days. I want you to remember by the angel's witness that that which we've seen happen in this generation initiated the coming of the Lord. It initiated the power, the gospel in power that will bring the coming of Jesus Christ. This is exactly what would happen with the coming of the Lord Sarah. It would initiate the power. Amen. To bring on the second coming. It would cause her to start believing. The angel explained the ministry of Christ and how he could do nothing until the father showed him first what to do. And then he concluded with his message. Never forget Is everybody with me? Never forget, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. As the scriptures has declared. Little bride around the world, never forget. Never forget, he's the same. In every detail, except for his corporal body. Amen, because he's here now in his bride body, come on. Never forget, though, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That he still heals, that he still delivers, that he still saves. Amen. That he still sets his people free. Never forget. 
never forget. Whatever you do, don't forget this. That he's the same today as he was back then. That he's still alive. And he's alive in his people. And his angel in his presence is here among us. Never forget it. Don't forget this either. It will not be you that accomplishes any of this. It will be the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember that Jesus promised his followers that he that believeth on me, the works shall he do, and greater than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more, but ye shall see me, because I live, ye shall live also. At that day ye shall know that I'm in my Father, and the Father me, and you and me. And I and you. And you know what Brother Branham answered? He finally came to the place. In the presence of that angel said, I'll go. I remember when he went beyond the curtain of time. There were those there past 90 that were young people. And they looked at him and said, if you hadn't have gone, we wouldn't have been here. And I'm just going to say, if, if he had not gone, there would not be a message. And if there was no message, there would be no people's hearts turned. And if there was no people's heart turned, there would not be a bride. But God is determined. His word will not return to him, boy. But it will accomplish what he sent it to do. Amen. That he'll have a bride without spot or wrinkle. And I may not be that yet, but I will be. Amen. I may not fulfill it all yet, but I will. Because he said I would. And his word can never fail. I'll have a bride. I'll have a people. I'll have somebody with faith. I'll have somebody that believes my word. And I just say this morning, I'll go. I'll go. I'll be a message of this message. I'll be a messenger. I'll tell the world he's the same yesterday, today, or forever. I'll tell the world that this message is accompanied by an angel. I'll say to the world, the pillar of fire is here in the church this morning. The angel of his presence. The same one that led the children of Israel is the same angel that is here. And you may not see him, but I'll tell you what, he's still here. Because never forget, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And there's a presence of the mighty angel that is here in the church. The mighty angel that breaks every prayer, that destroys unbelief, that brings the message of God and causes people to have faith that says, I will return according to the time of life. And Sarah will bring forth that child. Oh, he's coming soon. He's coming soon. Amen. When we listen, let the musicians come. That ball of fire over the, over the angel's head began to expand and whistling as it swirled, flinging out licks of fire. He seemed, the angel just seemed to evaporate in the midst of the expanding light. And it vanished right up through the ceiling of that limestone cave. Let me tell you, time 
structures, nothing stops this angel. Even when there's not a door, he comes right on in. The angels of God are present. What do you think is happening in an atmosphere like this? Don't you know that presence you feel right around you now? You're bumping right into angels. Come on now. Sin, sin and the fall of man blinded man to the supernatural. It's more real than this. You are not alone, little children. You're not going through Sodom alone. You're not going to this world alone. You're not by yourself in this. He hasn't forgot you. It don't matter, Sarah, how long it seems to pray that, that the promise has lingered. It's the appointed season. It's the time of the pouring out of the Spirit of God. Who hath believed our report? Brother Bradham would tell of this angel, service after service, those who would believe what the angel said to be the truth was healed. Those who didn't believe would write on in their sin and sickness. Who hath believed? Listen, we are in a time where angels will be ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Upon the bride of Christ who manifests Jesus in this age. We are in a time where supernatural realm is closer than ever before. It's moving right in. And Twitter cannot stop this voice. Google cannot stop this voice. Apple cannot stop this voice. Facebook. And all their liberals cannot stop this voice. There is nothing can stop this voice. This voice will reach unto the ends of the earth. And it'll go right down into brothels. It'll go right down into little homes. It'll go right down to where there's sin everywhere. And it'll find that elect seed. It'll go out into the highways and the byways. Because his table is going to be full. There'll be those that were called that will be left out because they were bidden, but they were not worthy to sit at the table. If you've heard the message of the angel, you have been bidden. You have been called to the marriage supper. You have been called to feast with the king. You've been like Bastion. You've been called. But will you come? Are you too busy with every other thing? Are you, are you, uh, is there a lack of sincerity? Is there a lack of dedication? Is there a lack of that consecration? 
the angel calls. You may think you have a place there. But in order for the arm of the Lord to be revealed, you got to believe. And God's going to have somebody that'll believe. Somebody that'll believe. You're fulfilling types. Maybe you've been in a bad mood. Maybe things ain't been going right for you. Maybe you're like Sarah and you're busy with life. The crops are burning up and this is happening. We're here and, uh, you know, down there Lot and his wife, they're prospering down in Sodom. And why can't we be like all the others? And Sarah's in a bad mood. But God wasn't going to let Sarah stay there. And he's not going to let you stay there. The atmosphere already is changing around you. Things are beginning to happen. You know that's true. There's been many of you right now, right here. I'm not just talking about this service. I'm talking about service after service. You know that, David James. Amen. You're sitting there like a man on the log. And what happened? He came to you. The angel revealed himself to you. You've never been the same since then. Hallelujah. Amen. You know that, Philip. You know that, Andrew. You know that, Aaron. When the angel moved on your heart, you came running down to the altar that morning and said, I want to make that full surrender to God. And God filled him with the Holy Ghost and made him a voice for the angel. Hallelujah. You know where he brought you out, Brother Johnny? You know where he brought you out, Brother Al? Sister Felicia? You know what he did for you? You know what he's done? He wants to do for that for every one of you. Not only for you, but for your children. I'll tell you this. Let me tell you. The angel is used to go to the prodigals. Amen. And when you begin to pray, angels start moving. Things start happening in the supernatural. And prodigals begin to start having an awakening. And there comes a return. Oh, he'll break through right through the walls of your cave or wherever you're at or wherever you think you're hidden away. He'll come right there to you. I don't care what the trouble's been. I don't care how long it's been. You say, I've been this way a long time. I've been there this way till I'm bitter. That was Sarah. I'm bitter. An old woman. Well, could it be? Could it be? And he's asking you to answer the question. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Say, Brother Jim, I don't think I got the faith enough. Can you believe in Jesus? Then you got the faith. That's all you need to do. Amen. Amen. Not can you, but can he? Is there anything too hard for him? There's no situation that you have. Did you hear that, Lily? There's no situation that's too hard that he can't handle. Amen. You hear that, Brother Kenneth, if you're listening to me right now? Amen. There's nothing too hard for the Lord. Doctors may have given you up, but that don't mean the angel has. 
watch me will give you up, but that don't mean the angel has. He's coming by for an awakening. He's coming by to shake you. He's coming by to bring you to a faith, to cause you to start believing again. Never forget, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Never forget. He's present right here this morning. The same one that gave the battle plans to Joshua is the same one that is here this morning, still the captain of the Lord's host. And he's telling you, this is my battle, not yours. And I'm the captain. I'm the one in charge. You don't know how you're going to get through those walls. The devil's got a promise walled off from you. Big walls of Jericho. You know what? All you're going to do is obey the angel's voice. And you're going to march around it. Amen. If I were you, I'd start walking around my promise every day. This is my promise. God gave me this word. He gave me this promise. I'm going to receive this promise. I know it is mine. And I'm going to silence every doubt. Silence every unbelief. Because there's coming a time in the season, in the moment, that the shout is going to come. And when the shout comes, the wall falls. It's the time for walls to fall. It's the time for darkness to flee. It's the time for unbelief to go. It's the time for the angels return. I want you to know around this message. I want you to know. The angel was here. The sick was healed. Blind eyes open. Some of them just had to stay there and tenaciously hold on to the promise. John Ryan was one of them. You're healed. I can't see. You're delivered. I still can't see it. Has nothing to do with it. Did you say you believe me? You said you believe me. Well, what must I do? Well, you just go thanking God for doing it. And in the season, the angel's going to come. He might meet you in the barber shop. He might meet you, I don't know where, but he'll meet you. And your blind eyes is coming open. And he said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Don't be fearful or dismayed. For I am with you wherever you go. Go, and I'll be with you. That was the last words of the angel. Go, and I'll be with you. I've seen him with me at youth camp. When was it? Ten? 
demonic manifestations of every kind of evil devil manifested itself and the angel was there and they were all healed I'll never forget the day he come in our house my wife with a brain bleed and a blind eye lost her vision and he comes sweeping in that morning as she began to give him praise and her eyesight came open and a little baby that had never walked at 18 months old got up out of the middle of the floor and ran all over the building all over the house He's coming to your house. He coming to your house. He coming to your house. He coming to your house. He's gonna come and appear. Blessed are they that love is appearing. Amen. Is there people that love is appearing? He's coming to this house. He's here in this house this morning. Amen. He's there to heal, to deliver, to set free. It don't take laying on our hands. It takes believing. Amen. It just takes that moment right in his presence this morning. Hallelujah. You don't think he'll provide for you? Brother Timothy comes home off of a trip. His wife's been in the hospital. While he's gone, he's wondering about the bills that he's going to have to pay. $73,000 of hospital bills. And laying on his answering machine is a message. They're all taken care of. All forgiven. All forgiven. Every debt canceled out. Oh, I remember when I had a debt I couldn't pay. When I was in sin and darkness. And he said to me, it's all forgiven. It's all over with. There's no more. Don't mention it again. It's forgiven. forgiven the angel is here to stand between you and sickness between you and sin the angel is here to stand between you and death Do you hear me down there in South Africa? He's here to stand between you and death. Those that are battling with this, this hard disease that's going on. Much worse the spiritual, the spiritual sin disease that's going on in the world, in America, in our country, in our, in our state, in our cities, in our towns. There's an angel to stand between us and death. 
there at the river Jordan the dove comes down like a dove it looked like it had wings it was a light it fluttered the only way they could describe it it was like a, a dove seen on the day of Pentecost with licks of fire coming out of it and everyone got a portion of the angel of the covenant that's why life nor death nor principalities or powers nor the world or the things to come can separate you from that because he dwells in you I'll never leave you I won't forsake you he's coming soon he's coming soon with joy we welcome his Come on, Sarah. Get ready for it. We know he's coming. Sarah waits on that coming. As she waits, things begin to happen. Why? The milk veins is all dried up. They got to be recreated. The heart's not able to carry a child and bring it in the delivery. It's got to be recreated. The, the, the old age and the energy has been taken away. It's got to be recreated. As the angel returns, things start happening. Hallelujah. Friends, these things are minor what we're seeing. Cancer's healed, brain bleeds, cripples walk, blind eyes open. They're minor to what we're fixing to see. Amen. Hair's gonna come back the right color again. You see all of this that's creeping up on this 66 year old body? And this little part here that's disappearing, wanting to make me like a prophet? all going to disappear we'll be changed in a moment in the twinkle of an eye it comes so quick in an instant coming right from those dimensions right into this one saints of God appearing angels appearing changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. The rapture is here. I believe it. Angels are here. I receive it. Do you believe the report? That the arm of the Lord is going to be revealed to you. Because it only is revealed to those that believe. Amen. Because you believe, he'll be revealed. He is coming soon. He is coming soon. With joy, we welcome His return. 
times but I don't care just reach out and touch your neighbor right there lay your hands on them I'm going to pray for you right now in Jesus name around the world wherever you are down in the little cloisters down in South Africa Asia those in Japan those that are listening in down in Burma Philippines Wherever you are in Canada, United States, everywhere right now, we're fixing to pray. When we, fix, when we pray, something's fixing to happen. You got a need on your heart, you got a burden that is there, you got a desire in your heart, you're asking God for something right now, believe. Just say, I believe the report. brother wrote me or one sister wrote me and said while you while you were praying brother Tim while you were praying God healed me the angel came he's there for you he cares about your situation he cares for your family for your needs Lord in the name of Jesus that name that is above every name but at the name of Jesus Every name shall bow and every tongue confess that you're Lord. We come, Lord, in that all-powerful, omnipresent name of Jesus. Omniscient, I mean name of Jesus. It's all-powerful. There's nothing can stand before it. The gates of hell have to give way to the name of Jesus. Every fetter has to be broken by the name of Jesus. We're here as a messenger of God today that has been ministered to by an angel. The Holy Spirit moving in this midst of this church. And there are those that have need here and around the world and they're in need right now. Some of them are in very desperate needs. Some of them that are really close to death. The death angel has come knock on their door. May their eyes come open that there's an angel. The angel of God standing between them and death. They don't have to go through that door. The angel is there. Now I say to Satan, Satan, you've bluffed God's people long enough. In the name of Jesus, I speak against you. I come against you. I rebuke you. In the name of Jesus, by the authority of my Christ who said in my name they shall cast out devils. I say to the spirit of death that is causing grievous burdens upon God's people, leave them now in the name of Jesus for God's glory. To the prodigals that are bound out there, to those that are in sin and the chains of sin, there's a light has come. And the angel of God is awakening right now and saying, you don't have to live with those chains anymore. They're broken off your life. Walk out of that prison. In the name of Jesus, I speak life to them. I speak healing and deliverance for the glory of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.